What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, want to thank you for joining us for another edition of your new favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast, your new home for black brilliance. Got a super good show lined up for you today. Super excited about what we got to talk about. But before we get started, make sure you do yourself a favor. Go down, hit that like button, that subscribe button, that share button. We are everywhere where podcasts are heard. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Pandora. We just all the way outside. We're all the way up. We're all the way in hyperspace. So come get with us. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, make sure you share, make sure you are subscribed to the Charles Coleman Podcast. Super excited about today's show. I've got two of my favorite members of the Dream Team sitting here with me. Of course, to my left, you guys know him, you love him. He's Mr. Style and Performance. DJ CEO is in the building. What up, what up, what up? Excited to have him on the couch as usual. Um, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I can't complain. I'm happy to be here. This is an amazing thing you got going on, and we've known each other for a very long time, so they get to see what we do, you know, on our own time. A lot of people don't know this. Um, we go way, 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 way back. Way, so this is like doing back. the show, you know, with family, having you on the Dream Team, which I'm super excited about. Yes, but sir. Despite the fact that, you know, we are the give and go of this dream team situation, I cannot forget that today we are running a triangle offense because we have another one of the dream team members right here on the couch with me. You know her, you love her. She's the professional winner. She's the boss at 593 Washington. Glorious Rubin is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. What up, G? I'm popping. What's going on, man? How's everything? Everything's good. I can't complain. I'm see you. We out here, yeah, man. We outside. Yeah, it feels um, good. I was, I was, I thought about you yesterday, and I actually thought about, I thought about both of you guys because you have a conversation uh, about what it is to have etiquette, and we'll get into more of that as yeah, we go on. Yeah, in certain spaces, in, in certain, certain spaces, spaces, right? Yes. And so this is not going, Gloria. This is not going where you think it's going. Okay. Because you know, there's there's etiquette in cigar lounges, and right. you know, and we can talk about that another time we're not talking about that right now okay i was in the lounge literally last night yes and i was watching videos and i have a confession okay i was watching videos and i have a confession um i have no idea what to actually do when i go to the strip club mm. like i literally don't know what to do <laughs> like i'm the most awkward person in the strip club that you will find and i realized this yesterday because i think the assumption is that when men go to the strip club, like, we just know what to do. Like, we right. go to have a good time. So I got to tell you guys a story because for me, this is like a confessional. This is a true story. Never really told it before. Like, in full. Okay. <laughs> so, so, I'm in Vegas for work. And I had a big project that I had to do. Really important. And I hit my target. Like, I knocked it out the park. Mm -hmm. Hit my target. And so I'm super pumped. I started calling our friends. They're like, yo, you need to go ball out. Just go to the strip club, go have a great time. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, that sounds cool. I'm in Vegas, why not? So I go to this huge strip club in Vegas, right? Like, mind you, it's like a Wednesday. So I go and nobody's in there but just a bunch of dancers. So I'm in this strip club. I've already paid to get in. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, they got me for the door, no problem. And then these two strippers immediately double team me from the gate, like they smell it. They're like on it. So I'm like, oh, now I got two. I don't really know, you know, are my pockets going to really hold this up? Because, you know, back in the day, you could you could have a good night with like $400, $500. Like four or five bills you spend, and you're good. Yeah. Now, 
Now they want they want bands like stacks. Okay, so I light a cigar just to get them off me. Like yeah, you know I just lit my cigar. I'm, I'm trying to play cool. I'm trying to play cool, but inside I am paranoid because I'm like. <laughs> I'm pa- I'm counting the minutes that I have until I know they're going to come back and be like, which one, you know? So then this snow bunny stripper comes and she's mm. like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this, which was a little bit racist, but I let it rock. <laughs> I was just like, all right, no problem. So she's like, would you like a tour of the thing? So then the snow bunny, the snow bunny's taking me around. And then the other two women who were black, come and I was like so it's me and three strippers on a tour so they take me to the first VIP section which is downstairs and it like this this joint was so big it had two levels like sky boxes it literally has I you know already, I already know what club you're talking about <laughs> you yeah. already know where it is right so it's sky boxes so it's regular VIP which is downstairs and sky boxes upstairs so they take me into the regular VIP and it has like little booths and all I know, I saw this white dude, he came out, he was all disheveled, but he looked like <laughs> he had had the time of his life. They take me upstairs, and you could tell that the two that were originally on me are not feeling the snow bunny, and the snow bunny does not care. Mm. She's just she's just there for the bread. Right. So then they're like, well, you know, we'll give you a minute and let you make a decision about what you want to do. And so I said, well, okay, well, what is, you know, what does it cost? Like, what are the rates? This woman looked at me and said, Oh, for the regular VIP with the booze, it's three hundred dollars for fifteen minutes and five hundred dollars for a half. Whew. I say, excuse American. <laughs> so, not in pesos. So, mind you, they're all, right. Not nine pesos, right? So, mind you, they're all like hovering because mm-hmm. they want to. They don't want to leave and have me make a decision. The two that came in double team, and then the other one. I was about to start a civil war of strippers in a strip club because I was afraid to be like, yes, no, maybe not paying that, what have you. So I did what any logical, scared thinking man would have done. You had a Menazi 12. I stuck my ass out the club. What are you next? Oh, uh. <laughs> I left. I left. I, I left. And that, you were thinking with this head out. and not this I, head. I snuck out. <laughs> I, I snuck out because... I have terrible strip club etiquette. I don't know what to do. So I snuck out. Anyway, let's go on and get to our shortcuts for the day. Our shortcuts, conversations about news and views, the things that are important to us that you're not going to hear about everywhere and all the time. The holiday season approaches. Mm-hmm. But we have to have a conversation. There's an epidemic that's going on. Some of you may have heard about it. Some of you may know about it. And it keeps happening every year. Y'all know what I'm talking about. These Christmas terrorists. The Christmas terrorists are out here on the streets. They are wreaking havoc. It is disgusting. They are led by the patron saint of Christmas, <laughs> Christmas terrorists, Mariah Carey. Right. Mariah She's already Carey. started. It, it, it's ridiculous, y'all. Like, it was Halloween and they already had the Christmas stuff up. It kind of, to me, you know, I'm joking about it, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's too much. Like it's it's too much. And for me, I remember getting the Toys R Us catalog like December, barking off the days of the cat on on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Like that was a thing. Big but thing. now, it's like it's disrespectful. You you said you saw it November first. I saw it like middle of October. Like it's really 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 bad. They jump Halloween. They jump Thanksgiving. 
Christmas got all the money. Jesus is a capitalist. Not Jesus is a capitalist. <laughs> How you gonna put Jesus in this? Well, he's the reason for the season. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nah, it, it do go mad hard. I mean, but retail is suffering like a mofo, yeah, so they yeah, just trying to yeah. do anything, yeah. like anything to inspire you to spend some money, <laughs> we will do it. Nah, we, nah. we already in it's, full, it's... full on shopping. But you know Wait, what's... when Prime did Prime did like a Black Friday in like September. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a pre, pre, pre. Right. Like, what? It's, 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 you know, I understand the economics of it, particularly coming out of a pandemic. Like, this is the first right. year, for real, for real, that we're doing. I mean, we had Christmas last year. We had Christmas before. In terms of the retail aspect. And ain't right. no stimulus check this year, bro. <laughs> no stimmy. Like, ain't no stimmy. Ain't no stimmy. We got to get them on it early. No PPP loans and none of that. But, you know, I, I, I do feel like, it, it just, it's, it's so different. It's something about it doesn't feel right to me because I remember after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, then you would gear up. Now it's just total erasure. Yeah, like what is, what, what? it's, I mean, it's, it is, it's prime time, like no pun intended with Amazon, but it's literally prime time. Like the most money is spent during the holidays and specifically for Christmas for various reasons. But like, I mean, I get it. But they should have respect for the calendar at do the very you, least. Do either of you know, like, do you have like any Christmas terrorists in your in your circles? Yes. You do? I do. Who's I got it? one sheet. You don't know it. Jenny be playing Christmas songs it's like September. Like, <laughs> you got a whole Christmas playlist already, bro. She she would play it all year round, real talk. So what 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 bugs me out too is like they start with the trees. Mm-hmm. And they, they start with the trees. The first of all, they be having like two and three trees. Mad trees in a three bedroom b- apartment. Nah, Why? Nah, nah, nah. Why? Three bedroom, I'm dead. Like three trees and no gifts. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's too much, y'all. Like I really need us to do better. Let's just dial it back. Maybe the cat's out the bag. I don't know. I just feel like the the, the Christmas terrorists are are a bit too much, and this is an epidemic that we need to be mindful of. We're gonna move on since we are revisiting the whole holiday shuffle. Right, right, right. right. We might as well get them right. Okay. So I'm asking you guys. What's one tradition that you would change? So for me, I'm going to give two examples. And I'm going to let each of you guys go. Okay. First example, broccoli casserole. Out of here. Not a thing. Forget it. I never even heard of that. What? Yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's a thing in some places. Because you dated the white stripper that you met. Nah, brethren. Nah, nah. Broccoli casserole. We got to do it. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. I think most casseroles, honestly. Out the door. Out the door. Number two. Um, can we just agree that like from this point on, we just gonna fry the turkey? Just fry it. Turkey. You never I'm, heard of that? I'm with you of with that. I've heard of it. I'm about to say like. But only fry turkey? Yeah, that's, that's it. Nah, just fry the turkey. Just, just why? Why not? I mean, my turkey game is ridiculous, and I'm not frying my turkey. My turkey is like a seven day soap prep situation that slow roast through the night. But wouldn't like it be easier to just fry it? It's the taste, bro. I'm Haitian. You know, we do a lot of stuff. When you're from Haiti, your epice game and your seasoning, it's like a science, man. We be just Do doing... you do like the jar? Like the with the Yeah, we do. We we prep our own epice in a jar for like like it's a real thing regularly. How long does it take? I mean, to make it, but the longer it sits, it the better it tastes. So we do like I do like a uh like a mason jar size. Right. And like when that's done, but for the turkey itself. That gotta have its own little custom situation that sits for like it's immersed in like a bucket in the fridge for like seven days. 
Like my, th- I ain't, ain't no dry. The world was made house. in seven days. <laughs> Bro, <I'm telling laughs> you, I mean, what are you <laughs> so Jesus. So you want to keep the turkey? You don't yes. want to fry it. No. Fry. All right. I, what CEO? What's one what tradition you? that you would change? That I would change. Um, for me, I think it would like, particularly with my family, like we just got to choose whoever got the biggest house, because <laughs> I'm like I'm tired of like like 30 people being on the couch and then on Facts. the floor and whatever. Like it was cool when I was young, cause when you're young, you, you see small, your cousins, you right. climb over people and stuff like that. Now it is, it, it's a hassle. So for, for me and my family, whoever got the biggest house, that's where we going. I don't care where it's at. If we got to drive five hours that's or take going. a plane, that's where we going. Okay, I, I get it. That's that, my thing. That's the G. What's one thing you would change? Since you're not changing the turkey, what you gonna change? One thing I would change is nobody brings first time dishes, bro. Yeah, like, oh, that's good. Your yeah, dish gotta good. be pre-approved, bro. Like yeah. we, you, we need like a practice <laughs> run in October. But you was like, yo, just come over. I just tried this new stuff and we want to let you taste it before you show. Nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> new submissions got to be in by October 25th. Right. October, <laughs> we need pre-approved clearances before you bring it, yo. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, you, nobody wants you showing up with the, I'm trying a new recipe. Brenda, nah, no. Brenda, <laughs> don't bring that in here. We don't, Brenda, no, we're not doing it. We no, not bring that in here. It. Agree. That is a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, a, that's, that's definitely really a good one. one because sometimes, and it always be the people who can't cook. Who can't cook. cook. Right? Like, like the people who can cook, they just get in their bag, they chef it up, they know what they're doing. It's the people who can't cook that they want to show up. Ma, you can't even do the regular stuff. Right. Why are you Basics, trying to do bro. next? It, it, You're going to make cranberry from scratch? Stop. Stop, <laughs> stop it. it. Ever made cranberry? Nah, no. Bonus question. Mm. Speaking of cranberry, jelly out the jar or like with the, with the things in it? What? With the things in it. The, you know, with the actual berries. Oh, 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 I like it with the berries. Oh, no, no. I'm out the jar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out, out the jar, fam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to see the ridges. Those are cut. <laughs> that's lines. how you know how thick it should be? Yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know you cut. I want to see the ridges on that jar. But they yeah. got, now they got the can with the, with the, with the, with the cranberries in it, too. I know. I, mm. Oh, my nah, God. Yeah, I like, I like, like, fruit-ish stuff. Like, right. I don't want it to be real fruit. I don't want it to be actual fruit. I'm going to say, fruit, I, yeah. I want fruit flavor without <laughs> fruit. Yeah, let's, let's do that. One last conversation I thought was, was very interesting for our shortcuts was, um, you know, recently it came out that New York City is rehiring a number of people who work for the city who mm. originally were terminated because they didn't get the vaccine. So these yes. people didn't get the vaccine. They got fired. And then now because of a court ruling, mm. they got to get hired back. And there are more and more situations like we're seeing with that across the country. New York has actually also done away with its vaccine mandate for private corporations and private companies. Mm -hmm. So there was this push against getting the vaccine initially. And it resulted in obviously people losing their jobs, Mm -hmm. people going to court, this whole deal. We haven't seen the end of it because I'm predicting that we're going to see court cases and mm-hmm. with people trying to get back pay and emotional distress damage. Like if you, for example, couldn't pay your mortgage and you lost your home and you were homeless for six months because of that, people will try to recover damages from course. So right. I do understand that. Mm-hmm. But my bigger question is, do you think that as more pandemics show up, monkeypox, whatever, you know, just whatever it is, is the idea of a vaccine mandate just something that will ever fly again? Now that we're seeing what's happening on the back end, do you think that they can ever, that the government is ever going to get compliance around a widespread vaccine mandate on anything going forward? 
I think that the way, you know, I think that we should have expected this to happen over time as the pandemic kind of like dwindled down to this space, right? Where we're not so much in the space where we have this kind of sense of urgency around people dying. But the idea that if something else comes up later, that they couldn't do it, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that people are going to respond you know what I'm saying? In mm. a way that's going to be, if, if the disease is that egregious, mm. you know what I'm saying? People are going to be like, nah, hit me up. Give me that. Monkey pops wasn't so bad. Monkey pops wasn't that bad, but the fact you that, that you would be looking crazy ugly, people was mad precautious. Like, like that bump. Me and yeah, Kurt like, talked about that. Like, me and Kurt talked about what? it. What? And nobody want to be bumped out. Nobody was trying to be bumped out. Niggas rather die rather have corona, man, be dead. Right, they'd be bumped out. Bumped out. You know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy, but I think that people will be able to still get that that kind of cooperation if it's that bad. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, so you think it's the severity of it? I think it's the severity of it. Depends on how people are gonna respond. I think this conversation is very unique to the United States specifically. Yeah. Um, I've said it many a times. This country uh, is not filled with the brightest citizens, and I think that there were things that could have been done. I want my rights. Right. I think things. Protect my rights. <laughs> I think things that could have been done uh, in a pre- preventative manner prior to the vaccine right. would have helped us avoid the mandate for the vaccine. But no, it's like when they say stay home, nobody want to stay here. No, I'm going to be out in these streets. Mm. And so a lot of times leadership, when they're making decisions, they are taking into account the people who are going to put everyone at risk. Right. So sometimes they're like, yeah. well, everybody got to do this because I can't trust you to be responsible. You don't see these type of issues in like Italy or China or any other European countries because they get it you know, this is one for all. We got to do what's best for everybody. This country doesn't operate that way. So you're definitely going to see more mandated vaccines. Right. Mainly because the people of this country just don't think about everybody else. They think about themselves. I think it should be your choice. Like, yes, I want it or not. If everybody works together and behaves accordingly so we don't spread this thing crazy like we did with COVID. But this is America, so it's going to happen again. Mm. I, you know, I, I, that's a very good point. I think sometimes... You have to account for, to use your term, Gloria, the dumb, dumb doodles. Because mm-hmm. you know that they're going to be a certain segment that is just are not going to comply. Right. So you have to then go extra to account for, you know, look, if we're reaching for 10% compliance or whatever, or 30% compliance, that means we've got to really like push for 75 or 80 or 90 for our target because we know that there's going to be that many people yep. who refuse right. to just do anything. Exactly. So maybe if we get, you know, we go extra hard, we're going to get closer to the number that we like. So yeah. I just, you know, my thing again with that is I really think about how many people who feel vindicated, like they feel like, oh, I resisted. And now look, I'm proven right. right. It's like those people for better or for worse will be insufferable. Right. Whether you agree with them or not, like <laughs> right, coming, right. they right. will be insufferable. And it, for them, every time this because you know what was already happening, and I'm not making light of this, but I am saying that people were using this inappropriately and incorrectly. It was yo, y'all remember what happened with Tuskegee? Mm. With Tuskegee. So that was like the thing that people had <laughs> right, on their right, hands right, for. Right. And again, I'm not making light of it, but it was not necessarily an analogous situation. The the two were more apples to oranges than they were apples to apples. Nevertheless, in terms of general mistrust, right. mm-hmm. that was a sentiment that's that I really understood. That's really a big catalyst. Yeah. And that's a big thing, right? right? I just wondered, you know, like going forward, because more pandemics are coming. And so For we sure. are going to have to deal with that. But in any event, um, 
I just hope that everybody stays safe. Yeah, let's do that. So that's going to bring us to our contributor segment for the day. We have a special one. Of course, we have Gloria sitting on the couch, which brings us to everyone's favorite contributor segment, which is branded by G. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Um, what we got today, this is your time to wax poetic, do what you got to do. So what so, are we talking about? This week, we're going to be talking about masturbation. What? In, with, with women, okay? So, you know, I always try to keep it for my sisters and keep it. <laughs> you, hey, see, you see how we fucked up? You see how we fucked up? Level of you see how we up? We winning. <laughs> so, you know, um, we're talking to our sisters, of course, because I always want to, you know, give it up for y'all, right? But the reality is a lot of statistics show that women are not being completely honest about their level of participation Masturbation, you guys, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all talk about masturbating regularly because y'all do it every day, right? What's on on average? Six uh, seven, uh, seven. I don't think we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> at this age, we don't talk about it's it anymore. Known, yeah, it's, it's just it's right. accepted. Yeah, like, right, yeah. well, I mean, just in general, women are not inclined to speak about it or be honest about it, mm-hmm. right? And usually, that's because of a lot of, you know, I guess you know, women's own agency of self, um, or the idea of feeling ashamed. Mm-hmm. Right? But. Um, the reason why I wanted to really talk about it, because I think it's important that women do masturbate, especially younger women. How often? As often <laughs> as you like. <laughs> and the reason being is because, you know, the statistics that I was doing, all kind of research shows that there are women walking around here that are not climaxing. Mm-hmm. 74% of women are not climaxing. Can you imagine having sex and not climaxing? Yes. Yeah. That's terrible. Yes. That's not a happy space, right? So the best way for a woman is to really explore herself so she knows how to get herself to that point so that if she's with somebody, she can kind of kind of navigate and give that direction so that she leaves the space just as happy and not really putting that burden on a dude being like, well, he failed. You guys may need to invest in understanding how to get her to that space as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that, you know, it's not like, She's just directing you all the way through it, even though some of you guys do like to be directed. And, you know, we're okay with that oh. at times. I mean, so like, oh. yeah, it, I mean speak from your, speak your truth. <laughs> speak your truth, sis. Like, all right, all right. Here, speak so your we're truth. talking about the women. We're going to get back to that, right? Okay. So the, the, the whole thing is just not being ashamed, hmm. really learning yourself, and really using that so that when you get in that space of intimacy, you come out wanting and the results that you're looking for. Now, I have questions, all right? I got questions Don't because questions. the big thing now is, you know, I, I, I just keep it 100. These toys is out of control. Like the rose, the rose is putting, the rose is trying to put penis out of business. <laughs> and I, I, I have a problem with this because I feel like on a certain level, it's great to know yourself, right? right. Like, and, 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 and there's a parallel here. I, I'm not trying to take this conversation away from the women, right. but I think the parallel for men is men who overindulge porn right. because mm-hmm. it shifts your expectations right. about right. what should actually occur in that space. When I, I feel like with like the Rose and uh, I think there's another one called Tracy's Dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother apparatus. Like it's a whole right. thing. You're like, you're shooting electric currents in yourself, Ma. Like, <laughs> you're going, you're saying, no, you're going to mess but that thing up. But it just really speaks to the complexity of the woman's body. No, right? I understand that. But what I'm saying is, I think some of that potentially creates unrealistic expectation. My penis can't do what a rose does and never will. Right. So, but you have your mouth and your hands. So you have other parts of your bodies I, I, that you could use to... I, 
I, I be got careful, it. Be careful. I got be careful. <coughs> you. You wired up. You seventy-four percent. You wired up. You wired up. I, I got it. Right. But, no. but I'm just saying. No, I understand your concern, right? But that's the same. On the flip side, that's a woman's position could be the same about the sheer volume of porn that you guys take in. A woman's got to be a wife. She's got to be a caregiver, and she's got to somehow perform as a porn star in bed. You know what I'm saying? All in the same 24 hours. It's not a realistic, and we've survived it. On behalf of, the, we've survived it for decades. On behalf the of the rose, your, just got out. Let us rock for a little bit on the rose. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of your dream team uh, teammate, Kurt, I'm just gonna say, yeah, that's what you gotta do. He's not, he's not, he's not in studio right now. Well, he's in studio, but he's not on the couch right now. But right. if he were here, he would just say, I'm yeah, you I need can to hear be him echoing. You can my, hear. You need to be all right those now. things. Look, I'm, I'm cool with the toys. Like I actually appreciate them. Right, um, just because like it adds a little, it actually takes pressure off of me. Like if you, you think so? yeah, if you include it with yes. what you do, right? Because it's not about like her alone time. Like her alone time, she got toys, cool, like whatever. Um, but like to, together, like most women do not orgasm from uh, yeah penetration, right. penetration, right? right? So yes, there's other stuff, but like if you like if you if you come first. Like, hey, let's or or incorporate the toy while you're having sex. Right. Like, whatever helps you get there, I'm for it. Right. Because when I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, whatever, is, whatever helps you get there, like I'm for it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna refocus this because this is a woman's moment and we're talking about this. Although we may revisit this or rules of engagement because this is a very interesting conversation. Um, so, G, since you said this, right? right for 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 audience members who are listening right mm -hmm. for our audience and they don't necessarily have conversations with their girlfriends about it how do you suggest having those discussions you know i think that you know being open and you know speaking to those women that you know you can trust you know what i'm saying but more importantly you might want to just get your google on you know what i'm saying to like just to kind of have information i think a lot of the problem is that women just don't have information at all it's so taboo it's just like we don't talk about it and if i'm doing it i'm lying i'm not really telling you mm. about it and that's why I'm, I'm having the conversation i'm saying we need to open up the conversation and feel more comfortable with ourselves mm. first right and then be feeling more comfortable to share and have this conversation with other women well one thing i've heard i've heard this from multiple women actually i can think of like literally three off the top of my head they have said that um when they have attempted to engage that space for you know personal int intimacy and self-pleasure they don't like how their hands feel because it reminds them of a woman's hands and they want hmm. a man's hands like i've heard that from multiple places like they That's want to feel like a man is touching them right and so self-pleasure in that way is not as gratifying any thoughts there I've, I've actually never heard that. I've hands or oh. hands. You know, I mean. I <laughs> nah, no, no, they're not. Because I don't want a man. Uh, personally, this is my thing. Right? <laughs> my thing. I don't want. You, know you already. All I'm saying, look, if, if at the end of the day, you know you have to invoke your imagination when you're masturbating. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You got to get past these things. You know what I'm saying? You can't make these. What you going to get? You ain't going to get a new hand. You know what I'm saying? But Put some gloves on. Right. <laughs> There goes the toys, right. those things that'll just kind of the, the, the OJ joint. Right. Would you put the glove on? You ready to go? I have a question because uh, you brought up porn. Is for women masturbating? 
Are you using porn or is he, are you just using your imagination? I think you could use both. It depends on who the woman is. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak for all women and be like, all women don't use porn. No, no. He, I, he, he asked you, though. Oh, you want, for me? <laughs> he asked you. You know, it depends, on Wednesdays, it's porn. <laughs> <laughs> It could go either way. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't think there's a rule of thumb. I don't think, I think, you know, personally, Mm -hmm. porn might be more an an added plus. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you might not have access to porn, but you know, you do can get it from your phone. Who don't have access to porn? I'm saying you can get it from your phone, but the way, I mean, I'm at my office. Mm -hmm. The question is how often, listen, bro, listen, I'm trying to explain to you, women are out here getting it on wherever they can, when they can to get their mind right. It's And I'm just saying, stop fronting. Don't lie. Be honest with yourself. Talk to your sisters about it. School these little young girls so they know when they get in the game, what to be able to do to really get through their day and their life. It's hard being a woman. You're a leader. You got a lot to deal with. You should you should form a like a masturbation positivity group for women. <laughs> there are lots of sex positivity. You know what I'm saying she should. She's a leader in the community. Like yeah, I mean, you know, idea. you know, G's G's uh, you know, G's uh, fan club is the Blue Notes. You know that, right? <laughs> not the Blue really. Notes. Yeah, it's a whole. It's like it's like forming online, like the Blue Notes. I did it's, not know that. B L E W notes. Oh, that's yeah. her like fan. Oh, blue blue, notes. okay. Yeah, yeah so without like, Harold Melvin, right? Well, <laughs> she's the Harold Melvin. She. So okay, there it is. There it is. There it goes. There it is. So <laughs> that's gonna do it today for Branded by G, our contributor segment. As always, we appreciate that because it gives us another perspective, and you know, that's 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 why people come here. Yeah, to the Charles Cole podcast. So that's going to bring us to our main conversation. But before we get to it, make sure you do yourself a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're following us, streaming us, wherever podcasts are heard. The Charles Coleman Podcast, this is the new home for black brilliance. We're on Title One, Spotify, Google Plus, Google Play, all, everything. We're, we're just, just, just Google us where you hear your podcast and you will find us. Come get with us. We all the way outside. We all the way in hyperspace. This is your new favorite podcast. So um, today I want to talk about this is this is a little bit of a serious conversation, but it's an important one, right? It I want to talk about destroying the poverty mindset. No matter where you place someone, no matter what environment they're in, if they haven't made any shifts mm-hmm. in their mindset, the things that were there before are going to continue to show up. Right. And and not just that, but let's just be realistic. For our people, for our community, we aren't going to be able to move everyone into a different space. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we can't take all of Marcy Projects, all of Mm Brevoort, all of Roosevelt, and all of a sudden put them in Westchester in big houses with huge lawns. But that being said, it doesn't mean that the people who are there, the people who are in community, the people who are not in those spaces where they have the mobility should have to be with a pissy elevator in building seven in every project. Right. Right. That is more of a function of environment and mindset within an environment. So regardless of where you you are, I think that there are a lot of things that we need to think about as a community and as a collective to begin to dismantle that mindset. But I'm curious as to you guys thoughts. Um, it's so funny that we're talking about this because I literally had this conversation yesterday about mindset. And so for me, growing up in Clinton Hills, right, which is sort of like a middle class like neighborhood. Mm, bougie. Now, yes. <laughs> but like, you know, like in the neighborhood, like 
you would cross the street and it's like brownstones. And I've seen people living in brownstones. I live in an apartment. And mm. these are the ones that are like selling drugs and out here toting guns. And I live in an apartment. You know, I live in an apartment. And to me, it's like, oh, a house, like you got money. And so that's when I realized at a young age, it is about mindset. So when you talk about, and particularly like the projects, um, I mean, you can't talk about this without the introduction to heroin, crack, Vietnam, sure. all this type of stuff that kind of helped to cultivate this. Um, it's hard to change those people's mindsets in that environment because as if you like, you're not going off, another one comes right back in. So they're gonna, there's always gonna be pissy staircases, there's always gonna be pissy elevators because to them, this is the norm. But where does that come from though? Because the things you said, right, I, and I'm going to look at them. I'm going to back up and look at them at the systemic level. So you talked about substance abuse, which in many cases is a function of self medication yep. in our community for mm -hmm. different things that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You talked about, you know, Vietnam, which right now, the people who are making Elevator Seven or the elevator in Building Seven pissy, they ain't go to Vietnam. They wasn't there, right? No, right. But 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 I will say that it, it in some cases it is a function of mental health and those issues that are rampant in community, mm -hmm. right? So I'm still wondering where's that behavior learned because an 11 year old who has never done drugs before and didn't go to Vietnam and just going to school, that behavior gets picked up from somewhere. So like, even as the things that you're talking about are valid, mm -hmm. How do they get passed on? That's the thing. Because when they're 11, they're going into a pissy elevator. Like there's nothing has changed from when it started. Like my, my mom's family grew up in some of the projects. My dad's family grew up in baby projects in Canarsie. And it's the same, every time you show up, it's the same thing. Is the elevator gonna work? And if it does, you get in, mm -hmm. you gotta watch out for the piss. It, st it started so <laughs> long ago. Um, so basically to answer your question, how you change that, like there has to be a concerted initiative to go in and educate people on how to have value for what, even though they don't own it, but to almost like treat it like it's theirs. I mean, I don't know. I think that we are disregarding the reality of the poverty mindset, right? And the reality around what all, what that contributes and how that contributes to someone's existence in these spaces. Mm. Whether we believe it's ours or not ours, those things are not factors that are gonna change our approach to it. It's not ours, it's never been ours. Mm. And we're occupying this space feeling like aliens in a space that's not being provided the proper services. You know what I'm saying? If you're in 34th Street and someone does pee in the elevator because people are nasty and do nasty things, there's a system there to clean it up, mm. right? Yeah. Because there's an economic sustaining model that's built into that space. So that doesn't exist in the projects. At the end of the day, you're dealing with the human being, the humanity. And I'm not saying people humanly are nasty. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's a reality that when you have a poverty mindset and a poverty environment, there are things that just simply don't exist. And the fact that the burden should be on the people that's occupying the space to somehow be responsible for JJ on floor 12, it only takes him peeing one a day Mm -hmm. every yeah. day to make it funky you know what right. i'm saying like mm -hmm. it's not like everybody's peeing in the elevator i don't see that to be the case you know what i'm saying so i think that there's you know i think that poverty reality is something that we have to consider as a factor but to, in order to change people i don't think changing their environment changes their mindset no it doesn't i think mm -hmm. changing people's mindset is 
par with really giving them something different. And where's that happening at? Yeah. Where are they encountering new information? That's the only way, way you replace old information. And where are they getting that from? Are they getting it in their school? Are they getting it in their church? Is there some kind of community-based organization that they're coming in contact with that's going to give them that kind of grooming etiquette? Listen, I'm the parent of an 18-year-old, soon to be 19, and a 22-year-old. It was incumbent on me to reprogram my kids every day when they yeah. came home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they've encountered so much crap on in, in the streets. From the time they left at 8 in the morning to start their class till 4 in the afternoon, by the time they got back to me, they had been inundated with so much information. If I didn't have the time in my day, and that, you know, I spent so many years in the industry, I worked a lot of hours. At some points, I didn't have the physical presence of time. But my tribe, my community, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that someone's there to kind of like spoon feed that kid, that information. Without that... You know, that, that brings up two things that make me think of my mom and the notion of intentional parenting. And one of them was, my mom used the term, you said reprogramming, my mom used the term brainwashing. And mm-hmm. she was like, look, I brainwash my kids right. and I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Right? Like I'm brainwashing them. You know, both of you guys know my mom. Mm-hmm. You met her, you she know what- She brainwashed us. You know what they did, right? She brainwashed y'all, right? <laughs> um, the second one is being very clear about the notion of identity. Mm. And what you're talking about and what we're also talking about is in terms of, from my perspective, engaging or dismantling poverty mindset, mm. a lot of it is connected to how in touch with you are, are you with your actual identity? Who are you? Because if you see certain things about yourself or see yourself in a particular way, you won't succumb to certain behavior because that's not who you are. Right. And you're not willing to be in that space. I think that that's fine, well, and good. And I think it's important for us as a, just as a baseline. We could start there, right? If you are someone who comes in contact with young people, with people who are, that you are influencing, be very clear about how you engage them from an identity place right. around how they see themselves. That's a place to start. Right. So, okay, cool. Now we're going. We got some, we, we got some ingredients we're cooking. The next question becomes... What if you don't have that though, mm. right? Like I, I think that there are people who absolutely, you know, are fortunate enough to have the influence of a parent, a grandparent, an uncle, a mentor, a coach, whatever, who's going to really emphasize this notion of identity, mm-hmm. right? Right, in a way that's going to allow you to see yourself different, allow you to think about yourself in a different light. But if you don't have that, it's what tough. do you do there? Right, because the dismantlement is all a process around how we see ourselves. When you see, when you know better, you do better. That's right. really what it boils down to. And this is right. not trying to be preachy. It's just about the fact that I think for many of us, like you said, G, it really does come down to information. Right. When you don't have the information to look at yourself or your identity in a different manner, what else would you do, right? So I guess that that like to close out, if you will, we were gonna sum up. Mm. That would be my my like my my thought, like that I'm wondering. What about the people who don't? Like we could talk about who does right. and the intentionality behind that, but when that's absent, mm. then what? Then what? Well, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this all together, and it's actually gonna go back to the idea of ownership, right? So I said my parent, my mom's side of the family, some of the projects, my dad's side, Bayview. Uh, when I would go to Sumner, I knew I was in the projects. When I was in Bayview, I didn't. At a young age, it didn't feel like, I didn't know it was the projects. And I'm gonna tell you why. 
particularly with the building that my family was in. Uh, my grandfather was like the self-proclaimed self, you know, uh, like the landlord, he like ran the building. So he made sure everything was straight and people have respect for the building. And then, um, you know, my cousin and his friends or whatever, like they just lived differently. Like they weren't about being, they didn't feel poor, right? Even though they were in the projects. Some are completely different. Like everything was trash. So it speaks to your point about having somebody there who can kind of like set a standard to how we should be. And then there's another place where there's, it's like everybody's just running wild. But he treated it like he owned it. Mm. And that's why it was kept up. So that's what I'm just saying. Even though you know you don't own it, treat it like it's yours. I mean, I think that, you know, ownership is important, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but again, I think that, that a lot of it goes back to just kind of like having the necessary resources, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, to really kind of create that kind of environment, period. You know, mm -hmm. without the resources, you're just going to succumb to whatever is available and things are just going to be left unkept. A, a building, any entity is like a living if you own anything, you realize that your property is like a being, a human being that yep. constantly needs nice. maintenance. Yeah. It's always, <coughs> in, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. just like we get our hair done every week, we get our nails done, we gotta keep ourselves yeah. up, your property mm -hmm. has to be kept up. So if there is no economy centered around maintaining these environments, people are gonna succumb to whatever it is and it's just gonna spiral downward. Agreed. You know, I, I, in closing out, um, I'm thinking, CEO, you talked about the difference between Bayview and Sumner. Um, my grandmother was first generation in Dixie Homes in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And Dixie Homes was and is one of the most sort of well-known projects, housing projects in Memphis. And she always talks about how they moved in first and they, it was a big deal because they had stainless steel appliances and like washing machines. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. And so my mom always says, we were poor, but we didn't know it, right? And so I do think that, you know, as we have this conversation about di disrupting poverty mindset, I think that it does become incumbent upon us when we see it to call it out. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we just sort of allow that to exist in a space. Mm -hmm. And we can't take for granted that someone else is going to do it. Right. We right. can't take for granted that someone else is going to have that conversation. So it really may be that it's one of us who has the discussion that makes somebody think differently about something small. Yeah. Because to Gloria's point, if you don't have the information and no one gives it to you, right. then you don't know what to do with it. Correct. So if everybody's listening, if you want to start small, if you want to do something about dismantling the poverty mindset in community, it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be made. You don't have to go give you know, your local... Section eight house and makeover. And let's be clear, really quickly before I get off this, mm. it ain't just people in the projects. I've seen plenty Agreed. of right. people with totally. dope ass homes totally. and poverty mindsets. Yep. Right. And it's it's horrible, yep. right? So, you know, for anybody, I use that as an example to mm. open up because I think most people understood. Right. But be very clear, the mindset will follow you if you don't do anything about it. Absolutely. And totally. so our point is just to do something about it. So that's going to lead us to everybody's favorite segment of the Charles Coleman podcast show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, rules of engagement is coming up. Thank you for being with us on the Charles Coleman podcast. This is everyone's favorite segment. This is rules of engagement, our conversation about adult relationships, sex and love. And of course, I have Joe Blow, the lover man. Mm. 
you should be paying me. There you go. <laughs> Understated but never rated, underrated, my man, Kirk Quillen's in the building. So, Kirk, we got to have a conversation, man. Let's do it. A phenomenon that many men have fallen victim to, and it's out here on the streets. What's that? Pretty girls are, ab are abusing their privilege. I they agree. are abusing yeah. their privilege. They're getting out of hand. It's, it's getting out of it's getting out of hand, fellas. We here for you, and we're gonna we're gonna break this down. It's getting out of hand. I had a situation. My man called me up. He told me about the situation, and it didn't make sense to me. It sounded crazy until he told me who it was about. Mm. And then I realized, like, oh, this is one of those because the young woman is an extreme. She's she's gorgeous, mm -hmm. like. Like Pygmalion, like you put it together, like, oh my gosh, right? That's a Greek mythology reference for y'all out there. Um, so in any event, she's uh, between, we'll say between jobs, she's okay. between situations right now, mm -hmm. and, he, and, and he has a situation. Mm -hmm. They have an understanding. She calls him up, he knocks it down. He calls her up, they knock, you know, they mm -hmm. get it in. Mm -hmm. But he realized, like, yo, she's not, she doesn't, she doesn't top me. She doesn't go down on me at mm. all. And I always go down on her. Or I'll go down on her. She doesn't reciprocate. If I don't initiate, it just doesn't happen. And then he was like, yo. He finally asked about it. Like, he put on the spot. I was like, yo. So I have never actually felt what that mouth do. Mm. And she hit him with the, well, I don't do that outside of a relationship. Correct. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then she was like, well, I mean... Let's be real. This is her, according to him, this is his words. She said, let's be real. I'm pretty, so I really don't got to do that, like, to a guy if I don't want. And he was like, am I bugging? I said, no. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if you took a chick out to dinner, you was like, yo, let's go out to eat. You know what I'm saying? Let's go get something to eat. And she sits down, and she orders a drink, and you like... I didn't say you was drinking. I said we was eating. Mm. It's part of the it's, part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Like, have you ever experienced like the violation, like pretty girl violation? Because that's what it is. It's pretty girl violation. Um, PGV. PGV. PGV is valid. Um, yes, pretty girls do. Um, they have a, a standard that they feel like because they're pretty, there's activities they don't have to get involved with. How you deal with that? Get another pretty girl. I hear that hot shit. That is that's, that's valid. That's it. It's valid. And that's what's wrong with pretty girls. They think they're elite, that they can't be replaced. No, there's other pretty joints out there, B. So so relax. <laughs> Just relax. Word. You ever think that there's a is there is there a male equivalent? I think what males is reverse. What you mean? So like if you think like if you're a male, you get to do extra shit? No. That if 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 you're if you're a male that isn't being appreciated because of your looks. Then you're you're expected to just be a dirty scumball in the bedroom. Ah, you know what I'm saying? The expectation Correct. that's on that end mm -hmm. is that if you're not that right, and I'm giving you a chance, you better be a gorilla in here. Oh, that's some real. That's what. That's wild. I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Like, look, you ain't the best, right. whatever. So you better be. You better be crazy. One, you, it better be crazy. Word. Like, like, because I know you ain't getting it. Hit me with a pipe. With the pipe. And the pipe. <laughs> I never even thought about yeah, that. That's how it goes. Whereas, like, for like a guy who's like a pretty boy or extra mm -hmm. handsome, he's not expected to like do nothing. Just, 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 just show up. Just show up and look good. But with the other dudes, like, yeah. come on around the back and, mm -hmm. and, and handle this. And it's all good. Mm. There's no stop signs tonight. What's up? Now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Which category you think you fall in? I'm an ugly, dirty nigga. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm not that. mad though. I'm, I own that. I'm not mad. What? What do you think is the expectation and how you respond to it? Show up and show out. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's my attitude. Really? So yeah. has she ever, she, when I say in your, in your experience, mm-hmm. have you ever been hit with the kind of like a, an expectation that she verbalized? Like what's the wildest shit that she was like, I, you know, like I'm looking for you to. I can't front and be like, I never been told like, yo son, your, your looks are subpar, so let's do this. But I think it's just a, it's a, it's an understood. It's like a nod. Like, yeah. You know what's up. You know what it is. Right. And so you like, so you, you, seen, you seen what else was in the room. Oh, so then, and so when you, so you're like, all right, cool, I'm gonna deliver. That's it. Mm. You ever hit a tip with that? The same thing, kind of like implied, never, never verbal. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I, I play mind games. So with the pretty joints, I play mind. Of course, you know, with the pretty joints, you know, you let them know that they're pretty, and you tell them that you have a low expectation, so that they can jump out the bag and do something that they normally don't do. Wow, this is od. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. Let me be clear. I think I'm not gonna play myself and be like, I didn't know that these things got like go on. I've just never thought about this. Like this particular model is a very fascinating model. Oh yeah, it's out here though. Does it work? I'll never tell. Well, then there you go. <laughs> That's what it is. That's going to wrap up Rules of Engagement on the Charles Coleman Podcast. I want to thank y'all for staying with us. Always a fun conversation. Make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you're hitting that like button, that subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. This is your new favorite podcast, the new home for Black Brilliance. You can find us with any podcast or her. We'll check y'all next week. Until then, stay safe. Peace. <laughs>